The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. All right, everyone, welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing. I am Darren Karp, and I'm here with a hesitant Liz Cully. Liz, you like rolled your eyes, or you were looking like what? very worried or something when I was introing this, and like, are you no, okay? No, I'm fine. You, I, Darren, I think the problem is, is that we, you're falling in love with me. Oh, is that the problem? And, oh, that's and the problem. And you're getting, you're getting very nervous every oh. week. Oh. I was listening oh. to last week's episode, oh. and you were like, uh, uh, Liz, like, what are you nervous about? I'm like, I'm not nervous. I just think you have a you, you, you are nervous. No, uh, you can't hide your facial expressions, Liz. And, it's true, and it's a problem. But I want to get right into this because we have a third person who might not be able to hold his own expressions. We don't know. He's not giving me eye rolls or anything. Well, uh, kind of is couple. But uh, couple. I want to introduce our next guest. Very good guy. Ravi Roth has trekked the globe as a blogger, vlogger, content creator, and influencer, exploring the queer culture in thirty. Two motherfucking countries uh, with his travel band, Ravi, around the world. A motherfucking was added by me. His itinerary for each destination is based on experiences from the people who actually live there. Ravi fearlessly captures and discovers where to stay, play, eat, work out, sights to see, and the queer history from the local perspective. Ravi has been branded as an expert in the queer travel community. As a sought-after lecturer on queer travel, Ravi has been a featured speaker at the New York Times Travel Show, LGBT Week, Google, Community Marketing Insights, my show on People TV's Reality Check. Let's not forget. That's where I met him. And Ravi is the host of Gaycation Travel Show and Ravi's Road to Pride. Ravi Roth, welcome to Scissoring is a What up? How's it going? <laughs> Wait, good, I have Robert. an initial... Good to see you again. Oh, I have a first yes. question. Here we go. You travel everywhere. <laughs> you the go best really local. Yes. Have you ever like started kind of like drama because all the gay boys in these small towns want to meet you and oh my god date you and like there's only one of you and so many of them and then it's like new blood in town like what so is it like yeah like, you get to go to like a different chelsea of new york every fucking every day. time so. i wish i had that problem i wish i had that problem um <laughs> you know when i go to small towns like when i was in cedar rapids iowa i i did have i did have a stalker there was someone that yes. me, uh, knew I was coming there and then like showed it, like I would put on Instagram stories where I'd be going and then like, which he showed up to one of the dinners. What did you do? What Wait, happened? What, yeah, what, and yeah what, what, happened? what did he say? Oh no, like, he, nothing. You're just sitting at a table, like five tables away. Like staring at well, you? Well, I'm like, I was talking to the friends that I was with and they're like, they all knew who this, this certain individual was. And uh, who's definitely listening definitely right now? Hundred percent, definitely coming for me right now about this. Uh, no, so we just, you know, I kind of just ignored it. And then at one point, uh, as we were leaving, walked by a table and was like, "Hi, how are you?" And that was it. So you know, I wish it happened more. I wish there were there. I, I wish there were people courting me in all the cities I go to. But I have fun. I have a good time. Uh, yeah. Well, well let's let's be frank though. Courting is different than stalking. Like you don't want stalkers. You just want boys to like fawn over I mean, you all day, right? And like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it sounds like you have created 
an ideal dream job that yes. anyone, no matter sexual preference or whatever, would be super into. However, I do think what's really interesting about what you are doing is that you're shining a light both on like a macro and micro level about right. different queer communities all over the world, which is so exciting and fun and interesting. Was there a place that you went to or how many places have you gone to anticipating that the community would be kind of bigger or smaller and you got there and you were really surprised that it was completely different than what your expectations were? Or does that happen more often than not? Yeah, I, this this whole queer travel show really started in Istanbul. I had no intention to make a queer travel show. But I was in Istanbul and I wanted to find about find out about the gay nightlife. That's kind of where it all started. And I went on Google, I went on gay cities, and I searched for queer hotspots or best places to go. And four of the seven didn't exist. Two had the wrong address. And there was one hole in the wall, dumpy, divey place in an apartment. Where, where, am I going to get killed? I didn't know. So I go inside. That sounds right. Found one person that spoke English. And he gave me the whole lay of the land of the queer culture. It was all underground, um, you know? So, yeah. so that in was Turkey, fascinating. Yeah. That was a fascinating moment. But also in terms of large or small, not necessarily, but in terms of expectations. So right now I'm in Miami, never been to Miami. I had very low expectations. I thought it was going to be super douchey, Fire Island Pines gays, no offense, but like, you know, just super mm. like, you know, I'm here for pride. It's going to be all muscle queens. And a Puerto Vallarta gay. Is that what we're talking about? Like, like gays against sure. COVID and stuff like that? Yeah. Sure. I mean, not- <laughs> Darren, I mean, that sorry. accent. I- sorry. Well, I mean, whatever. A little Robbie's splash like, of the like, gays against COVID, uh, Karen. But more so just like, <laughs> will I fit in here? You know? Sure. Um, right. And it was so welcoming. I landed at 11 a.m. on Sunday. The first pride party started at noon. I arrived at 1230. <laughs> And was just like welcomed with open arms by all of these, yes, short muscle queens that were so kind. You know, I met so many people so far. I've been here for like six days, five days, and it's been incredible. And I had such low expectations. It's one of the most multicultural melting pots in the world. Like I have met more, I've done interviews with more people in this city that don't really speak English. So there's a lot of things that I normally do on my show I'm like what gives you life and energy I can't really ask like that's not really like a a question that is easily translatable so I just have to do more improv on my feet which is great gets my wheels turning but it's just such a beautiful place so I love fi- I love getting my expectations blown out of the water sure. but yeah in terms of the high, the the low and high I mean really Istanbul was was I, I thought it was going to be a massive queer scene and that was before I kind of started doing it and then it got the ball rolling isn't it illegal to be queer in Turkey? I, I think it's and illegal to I practice. I don't think practice? it's illegal necessarily to be gay. I could be wrong about that. From when I was there, it was it's not it's not accepted. It's not condoned. I did meet a guy. I did try to bring him home, and they wouldn't let him come upstairs to my hotel room because we were the same sex. If it was a woman, she could have come up. Even if you were friends, though, you no, would have been like, "This is no my cousin." Men, no same sex is allowed into a hotel room unless they're a registered guest that was when I went six years ago so now things have gotten much worse um I'm actually curious to go back now but it's 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 not good now so no it's not even like you know I think 
as a stereotype or something, if you were to ask probably Liz and I, like you could name a country and I could be like, oh, that doesn't seem accepting. Oh, that doesn't seem accepting. Like, but I'm curious for you, I know you've been to 32 and Istanbul was kind of the peak for you, but in the United States, was there any place within our specific country that you thought that there wasn't going to be any queer open scene that there was, or on the flip side, any place that you were like, oh my God, I'm so excited to go to Grand Rapids and you find that it's like totally not okay to be gay there. Any like big surprises within the continental United States? Yeah. So where what I was just talking about, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I thought there was going to be a non-existent queer community and every single place that we went to, and I was there for five days, every place for lunch, for dinner, for museums, we had like a queer person taking us around. There was either a queer curator of a museum. Somebody, we did a pottery class, like ghost style pottery. And the person- Nothing's gayer than that. I mean, come on, that was gay. gay. I went to a prairie, I went to a a farm where there were llamas and like, we did a pride parade with the llamas walking around. So I was just like, mind blown. There was one queer bar in an old McDonald's. Oh, that that is now that's, that's the gayest. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Did it still have the like the playground outside? No, they didn't. But they still have like the whole t- interior is exactly the same. That's tight. That's oh my tight. god, and that's I'm sick. Into- I went two times, but the first time I went was on like a Tuesday, and the queen that was the the owner of it was <laughs> there was all these dolls set up, and he was selling these dolls and just like kind of putting the finishing touches on them. And there was three people and we played pool and it was fabulous. And then I went for the drag show on Saturday and people came out. It was like really charming. So I Peter Rapids that. was surprising in a really good way. You know, the only time I ever experienced knock on wood homophobia um, or any type of slurs or comments was actually in where I live in New York City and um, at, wow. outside of Stonewall. Really? Outside of Stonewall. What? Stop. The day, Stop. Yeah, the night that um somebody won the presidency. And um, it was a double, you know, because I'm also Jewish. And, um, you know, they said, go back. We're the same. Go back. To, Jew oh, New Yorkers. Happy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, go back to Israel, you fucking. So, um, yeah, that kind of sucked. But, you know, I haven't, I not got, like, I really have experienced a lot of places in the United States that have been super welcoming. Do you find that like gay men, which I'm assuming you're encountering probably more than others, but that's just an assumption. Maybe you are dealing with lesbians and trans people, but do you find that gay men are different depending on where you're going? Oh, totally. There's the Midwest gays, the New York gays, even in Darren, New York. a San Diego gay. If I say that to <laughs> someone, are you dying? Because I know intimately, it's like you can, it's like I can literally look at it right now. Like their whole house is like decorated with kind of like obscure, weird, like modern, strange art from TJ Maxx, flip flops, <laughs> oh shorts. I apologize in advance for anyone who's listening to this from San Diego. A tank wait, top with like a printed, oh no, I'm just talking hold about on. my brother. Just is kidding. It, is it an aesthetic or is it like a different attitude? Because I do oh. feel like. Good New call. Yorkers, because I live on the east side, as we know of anyone who lives in New York, the west side is owned by gay men. Like, they, they're just like, you own the entire west side of Manhattan. I do find that even, like, a Chelsea gay might be different than, like, a Hell's Kitchen oh, gay. Oh, yeah. So it could, you know what I mean? So it's, like, different pockets. Like, what's been the starkest difference for you or the biggest surprise? Well, I think New York City is, like, you know, I'm obsessed with 
going back there. I'm obsessed with living there. I'm obsessed with the queer culture there because it is so different. I was a Hell's Kitchen hood rat for 10 years. I lived there. You, in, go. <laughs> you know, I do I played into that whole scene. Dan fit the rip till four in the morning. And now yeah, and I, now I'm a Chelsea gay. But I also you've feel, upgraded. I also feel like I'm kind of a chameleon. Like I love, I am one of those gay men, like you you asked earlier. Like I love I ha- I probably have more lesbian friends than gay friends. And I love going to lesbian really? bars. I'm obsessed with going to lesbian bars around, especially the United States, ever since you know the pandemic. If I'm in a city and there's a lesbian bar, I'm 100 percent going. Ravi, when you come back to New York, can we go to a lesbian bar together? Um, hello, we can have. We'll do. We'll do. Okay, this is what we have to do. We'll definitely do Cubby. We'll do Henrietta's, but then you have to end the night with me doing like some kind of bear thing. So we can go to Rock Bar to Done. end the night. I don't know if Done. you want to go. To I Google, take you. You take me. Yeah. Yes. And that's how my like my lesbian friends like that's how we kind of do it. Like on Pride, we did Cubby Hole. And then they went to um, an urban bear party outside of Rock Bar and they saw things they've never seen before. And uh, it was great. So I, I love doing that. I'm down. Yeah. Oh my Listen, goodness. I was the only. Sorry, Liz. <laughs> it's fine. I, I still remain the only uh, queer woman or really woman at all at Puerto Vallarta Bear Week. And that was really. Oh, my God. That must have been amazing. You probably saw something. It was interesting. I was there with my brother who I was calling him a trout because he's like not <laughs> a bear by any means. He's like skinny and hairless. And I was like, you're a trout. And I am just like f- like feeding for the bears. Yeah. No, it was great. My family lives down there. So we didn't realize that we were actually there. Oh, you didn't know. I just happened to be there. And my uncle who um, unfortunately passed, he thought it was like the funniest thing on the planet. I mean, he was just like, you guys are like, just it's classic. Um, Well, one, is there anywhere you haven't been yet? I mean, I know COVID probably put a little bit of a monkey wrench into a travel show, even though you are in Miami now, but I, apparently COVID never happened in Florida. So you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, no, it like doesn't exist. Oh, no, right. But I mean, Miami has a really good vaccination rate, Miami proper. So yeah, right. Better than the okay, rest of the world. Cool. Um, but is there somewhere you're dying to go that you haven't been, or is there a pride that you want to go to that you haven't been to since, as Darren mentioned at the top of the show, you've been to so many different prides, like what's on your bucket list? Well, the pride series really started this year in May. Oh yeah. Okay. In COVID. During COVID. Yeah. So I was doing the vacation travel show and then, uh, that the season ended and I wanted to do a pride series. So I was initially thinking maybe I can find a brand to work with or an, or an outlet. And then I was like, you know what? I haven't done anything on my own YouTube in forever. This can be mine and I can shape this. I can fail. I can try and, you know, trial and error and start reaching out to some places. And so that really just started. So I think this is my eighth pride of this year. And it continues because the, the amazing thing is that prides happen throughout the world all year it's not just in june so are there ones that i want to go to i mean i want to go to tel aviv I really oh my god andy was the grand marshal of tel aviv's pride and he said it was like insane like in in the best way like like tel aviv like is like new york like the gay scene is very like you've been to israel yeah i've actually i've been there i did the birthright oh me too you did did you you do the gay one no, I didn't. I did like Israel Outdoors, which okay. was like the outdoor, not religious version where you could like hike mountains and go to spot and stuff like that. So I didn't do, 
I honestly was, I didn't even know there was a gay one. Um, Liz, do you know, you know what birthright is, right? You know what we're talking about? I'm 5% Jewish. Of Sweetie, course stop I saying know that. what it it's, is. You're not chosen. Get out of here. You're not oh chosen. God. I am like, on my mother's side. I have not, my 23 and me. Not Ashkenazi. You can't she like, deny it. It is what it is. She like holds it up like her vaccine card. She's like, look, I'm 5% Jewish. Like she's like the only person I know did that you wants to do you fast for I did. Um, yeah, actually. Oh, sort of. Green juice. Does that count? That's an LA diet. That's not a Yom Kippur diet. But anyway, <laughs> Ravi, yeah. what to you, given the fact that you've literally been to more prides than I ever have in the span of like one week, I've only ever been to one pride one time. Sure. Um, what makes a good pride? Oh, hmm. the program and the inclusivity. So many prides around the world are really performative in that trans people pave the way for pride. So it's, you know, they'll have posters or they'll have like quotes or they'll have, um, you know, maybe one event. But what I'm starting to see is that more and more prides are becoming more inclusive and are becoming more aware of the fact that they need to, instead of just say it, they need to do events, they need to do cultural programming, they need to do education. So I think what I'm seeing is there are, every city has a different mission for the prides. So New York City is the protest and the party. Brooklyn is all about the families. Um, I did the tri-state black pride in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and that was all about the educational elements and the music and the soul and the, the fact that the black trans community is suffering still with the HIV pandemic. And uh, there needs to be more education on that. And then I did an airline, Alaska Airlines Pride in the Sky, where we went to four different cities. Fun. Similar to you, Liz. Like a lot of people on the plane didn't know it was a pride. It wasn't bear pride, but it was a pride in the skies. And so we got to show people that were, you know, I mean, there, there was a wide variety of people on that airplane ranging from kids to families to I'm sure pretty right-wing people, you know, it was a, a vast array of people that I taught them all how to, you know, clock the fan and- uh, You need to teach me that because I, I like, uh, it falls out of my hand. I don't know, lesbians, maybe we're not like gifted in that you way. Know, I don't know. Let me, let me hang out. I need out. a tutorial. Let me hang out. I need a, I'll, I'll teach you. I need a tutorial. But yes. I, I went to World Pride and World Pride was in Copenhagen and in Malmo, Sweden. And World Pride was all about human rights. And there were leaders from all over the world coming together every day to have these open sessions that were both digital and in real life, talking about ways to help immigrants, ways to be more inclusive in areas where, you know, being trans is illegal, being gay is illegal. So that was fascinating. And I thought nothing was going to top that. But this week in Miami, at this Miami South Beach Pride, my mind is blown. I think blown because... I had very low expectations of what the queer community was going to be, but also the programming. There was a queer art festival one night, two nights ago. There was sessions where, you know, there were breakout sessions at this, at the Soho house in, in Miami for pride. And I got to learn about, you know, the black experience. I got to learn about the black trans experience and the queer youth experience. And there was an older Jewish queer community that has their own like section at pride and it's 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 just becoming more inclusive and i I really want to be able to share that message so that other prides can like step up their game because if this is what's happening in miami and that's what's happening in world pride these other cities coming up hopefully are going to have have some work to do and have their work cut out for them because it isn't just parties you know a lot of people go to these these prides because they feel safe 
it's a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I, w- I want to ask you this. I listened to Dan Savage's podcast and a lot of people call in, you know, with questions and I've sort of had my ears to the ground and listening to a lot of, you know, allies, especially like cisgender heterosexual people. And one of the questions I think that's has sort of uh, come to light, especially with people who want to be allies, is that like they want to go to these prides and they want to support to show that like, hey, we love you. Like, we're just, we're all human beings, right? Like in that type of way. But then on the flip side of it, they're kind of like, well, we don't want to take away that safe space for the black trans community or for the gay men or for the older Jewish community. And so like, they don't really know, like as much as they want to be allies, they also don't want to usurp that safe space for us. What would you sort of say to any person who is an ally, who wants to support, but wants to do it kind of in the right way and wants to be inclusive without taking away our community from us? You know, that's an awesome question because that was posed at an event in Miami by a, by a straight cis woman who is an ally. And she, she said she had so many questions. She wants to understand pronouns, but doesn't. She, she wants to understand and, and be more inclusive in the trans community, but feels like anytime she opens her mouth, she says the wrong thing. So I think one, it's like, well, A, do research, right? you can always learn a lot of things from the internet and B, if you want to be more inclusive and you want to, you want to be more involved, you have to take a look within what is your circle of friends? Is your circle of friends, all white cis gay men? Is your circle of friends, including lesbians? Is your circle of friends, including people in the trans community? Because trans people are everywhere. Is your circle of friends, including non-binary people? Is your circle of friends, including anyone disabled? And, and if not, why? You know, that's like a moment to be like, why? And two, go out and find friends. You know, you can you can go out and meet people. Go to these, go, I would suggest go to these prides, you know, walk around, talk to people, learn and educate. You're not taking up space by going to, you know, it's all about intention. It's all about sure, what sure. is your intention in this? Is it to look good for Instagram? I have a photo with someone trans. Or is it like, <laughs> is it really for yourself to become more aware? it's so like there's the research part there's the going out and finding it part and right. uh taking a look with an intention yeah yeah i wow. love that answer i know and i love you um robbie <laughs> we usually like to do like a fun little game okay um for our guests are you down to answer some stupid rapid fire Don't say stupid darren <laughs> well my point is is that they're not they're not with the intention of being like Tell me what pride means to you. They're you like fun. You could say fun. they're silly. Okay, let's do it. I'm down. Down. I'm down. They're I'm down. silly. Okay, Liz, kick it off with scissor me this. Okay, what is the best pride snack? The best pride snack is pizza. I mean, pizza. you can never go wrong with pizza. You can never go wrong with pizza. And it's on the Okay, go. but Robbie, yeah. I got I to gotta admit there is some gay men that I know and specifically gay men in June in New York that won't touch a carb at all. Are you one of those people? Because pizza's got carbs in it. Yeah, I'm just no, saying. I'm not one of those people. Okay. No. That's why I love you. Okay. What is the best cocktail for pride? Hmm. Well, you can never go wrong with a vodka soda splash of cranberry. As oh, I call it. God, I literally <laughs> think that is Robbie and I are the same person. The cocktail of pride. Robbie and I are the same person. I'm just saying. Now here's the thing. <laughs> I like like in New York I'll go now and I'll be like I want a VSSOC and now they know it's vodka soda splash of cranberry and I just love calling it a VSSOC 
in Europe, no one will ever know that. And then also in Europe, vodka soda, what? So they, you know, a lot of places call it a skinny bitch, but be aware that if you go to, and I'm just going to say Copenhagen, Denmark, for example, if you order a skinny bitch vodka soda with a splash of cranberry, you're going to have to pay for the vodka, which is measured. Then you're going to have to pay for the bottle of club soda. And then they have like not real cranberry juice. So, um, or the European cranberry juice countries, man. Happen. I mean, it's a good drink though. Yeah. VSSOC. I'm going to have to use it in like VSSOC. Mm-hmm. What is in your quintessential pride pack, like emergency pack? <laughs> glitter. I, I still think I have some on me from a shoot I did earlier today. Uh, glitter, a uh, clock fan, a backup clock fan, a selfie stick. That has the um, that has the ability to go to go vertical or horizontal, just in case. Like, oh, this is an epic pic that I need for maybe a YouTube thumbnail, or this is going to be great for just you know IG stories, lube, <laughs> uh, just in case. You know, a snack, baby wipes, just because you never know. And are we including poppers as part of? No, this you know what? No? I'm not a poppers fan. Okay. I'm not a poppers okay. fan. What about water? Um, no, no, that's not important. You know, that's VSSOC, sweetie. VS- <laughs> He'll get it from the ice in his VSSOC. Also, um, that's what I'm learning say. here it, it, sunscreen. You need sunscreen. And I think yeah, I was also going to say sunscreen. sunscreen. And um, external charger for your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, bye. That's clutch. Yeah. Okay, that's clutch. Okay, who would be a better grand marshal to you? Madonna or Lil Nas X? A little Nas X, come on. Is that because he's like actually gay and so that way he would be a better representation or are you just not a Madonna person? No, I mean, I'm a huge Madonna fan. Like she, she's part of the, you know, movement of gay rights. She's, she's, she's a gay icon, but you know, let's get some fresh blood in there. And little Nas X is turning it out and sending a new message for like the new era of gays. I know. I love him. Mm-hmm. Fuck, yes. So okay. <laughs> now, obviously Liz is in LA. I am in New York. So this is going to be, you are the definitive answer on this. You are going to be the final answer on this. What has a better pride, New York or LA? Well, I haven't been to LA's pride, so I have to go with New York. <gasps> and the fact that <laughs> that wasn't even mentioned, this, like this dude is going to fucking like fucking grand, like Iowa. Cedar Rapids. Yeah, right. Cedar Grand Rapids. Okay, has but never been Rapids, Michigan like, and Cedar Rapids. LA. Uh, I like the West Side. <laughs> I like the West Side. I like the West Side. I but... haven't really done the West Hollywood experience uh, real. Like I've never done it for like any kind of content. So I'm curious to go back to it. I don't know if I necessarily loved it, but I will give it another shot and hopefully go to their pride next year. Well, the West side is all predominantly like cis white people with like 2.5 children. So I wouldn't assume that's very gay, but if you come back to LA, listen, I am no connoisseur of West Hollywood gay male lifestyle. Let me tell you. However, I at least know some people who are. So I would love to safely go out with you. I mean, Liz lives in like the heart of like West. I feel like Liz like knows every single West Hollywood gay event. She like lives by the West Hollywood dog park. She's like running into like all these icons. So it's like. Okay. As much as I don't want to give Liz a compliment, me, she King. would. Be, she's the Grand Marshal of the West Side. That's Great. what I'll say. Great. That's what I'll Let's say. do it. 
I love that well, 32 um, countries and not being to LA. What no, a it's shady so good. response. <laughs> it's so good. I love that shit. I love He's that like, shit. I've literally been well, my, no, to- my brother, He's like, I'm no, no, no. set. My brother lives in Santa Monica. So when I go to LA, it's not usually for like a super extended period. So I'm pretty sure. much going to be like staying, you know, in the Mar Vista, Santa Monica. Um, oh, Liz okay. is judging well, you so hard, Robbie. Like, don't I'm even not talk. judging you. Her I'm f- just saying that I wouldn't call Mar Vista very gay. <laughs> well, you know, it's Venice Beach, though. Venice Beach has its gay, has its gay moments. Yes, Robbie. it definitely. <laughs> just All right, now, fine, Robbie, continue. I fall in You're love wa- with you. And I'm we're welcoming Liz you with not- open arms. Yeah, Liz is not inclusive of you right now, Robbie. I am inclusive of you, but not not Liz. Liz is like not true. Well, me. speaking, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, you do. Robbie, we fucking love you, and I can't wait to take you to a lesbian bar, and you take me to a bear something party. I'm in. I'm a little cat, but that's fine. That's good. Yeah, it's a bear. I was a bear. Yeah, this is a bear. Um, Liz, who is our next guest? Can you? Uh, we, let- yeah, I. Our next guest is Nikki Levy. Who, Ravi? She's actually she started in New York having an incredible comedy show. She's now in L.A. We also talk about New York versus L.A. quite a bit in the next segment. So you you were very on brand for the theme. Very well-known producer, writer, and new friend. I don't know, Darren. I think she was in love with you. Well, thank God, because, I mean, someone's got to be. I mean, if, if Ravi's having people courting him in 32 countries, Liz, you're married. Like, what do I get? Like, I need something. Well, also, you're the deep, like, crush that vibes you're giving me these days, Darren, is really intense. So, That's true. yes. That's true. Oh, That's true. Yes. Well, <laughs> Ravi's like, can I hang up? Here? Ravi's like, um, I got to go. Um, well, anyone, enjoy Nikki Levy. Ravi, thank you so much. Thank you, Ravi. Thanks for having me on. We wanted to tell you about our favorite summer beverage, Bev. It's crisp, dry, refreshing wine in a can, and all five of the flavors are zero sugar, only have three carbs, and 100 calories per serving. They have rosé, sauve blanc, pinot gris, pinot noir, and a sparkling white wine. My personal favorite is the sparkling white wine because it comes in a glitter can, which I feel is really chic, but honestly, I love them all. We love Bev as a perfect addition to any summer activity. Brunch, a day in the park, barbecuing, hanging out on the beach, seeing your friends you haven't seen in a year. (laughs) I'm obsessed. So for all of our beautiful Scissoring Isn't a Thing listeners, we've worked out a little deal because you know how we do over here. You guys are going to receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. Try the best-selling Ladies Night Variety Pack for all of their refreshing varietals. Go to Bev.com slash scissoring or use the code scissoring at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V.com slash scissoring. We have a, a friend of ours. Yes. It's Nikki Levy, who is the host and creator 
of Don't Tell My Mother with Nikki Levy, a podcast where celebrities from Hollywood, sports, music, and comedy tell true stories they never want their moms to know and their mothers join in on the fun. Produced by Two and a Half Men star John Cryer, Don't Tell Your Mother was born nearly a Can decade I, ago as a live show and has gone We're on to it. become the number one comedy event in Los Angeles for diverse voices with previous guests including none other than Tracy Ellis Ross, Kate McKinnon, Terry Hatcher. Ooh, I love that. Allie Wong Love. and many more. A longtime development hey, executive in film and television, Nikki has had a very impressive career in Hollywood, most recently serving as by the We're way, on the I second had to paragraph delete right now. Darren, We're moving through. Liz, We're moving through. Liz, you have We're to stop through. this. Wait, had keep I going, known, Liz. Hold on. Liz. I would have no, Most you, recently we're serving the best as part. head of scripted content for DreamWorks TV at NBC Universal, where she produced 48 episodes yes. of OMG on Verizon Go 90, RIP Go 90, a <sighs> short form scripted Amazon rich. series for Amazon and developed numerous half hour comedies. Prior to that, <laughs> she ran Wedgeworks Worldwide yep. at Fox Animation for six years, overseeing the CGI live action film monster trucks for Paramount. And she served. <laughs> Tell me you're gay without telling me you're gay. Director That's out. Of yep. Keep <laughs> at Imagine Entertainment where she oversaw the Academy Award oh, nominated no. Frost Nixon. Uh, Guys. Should have said Which was a great movie. Seat. Everyone welcome Nikki Levy to the Thank you for pronouncing my name ow, right. Ow. I'm just happy say? about that. I'm embarrassed that you read that whole thing. Levy? Because Dan Levy mm. fucked it up. You can curse. Fucked it up for me. Yeah. Oh, that's Fuck that um, guy. Nobody yeah, said Eugene Levy. Some people said Levy back in the day, but now everyone assumes it's Levy, and it, it's oh, okay. definitely not. Well, it's not. Well, as a, as a Jewish person, you're welcome. I appreciate, I feel like I I that, appreciate right. that. You're welcome. Now, Nikki, you've had us on your podcast, I so I loved. I know. Having so, you. Thank you so much. We loved being on. But uh, I know that you've listened to this show before because you knew some things. Uh, so we ask every single guest how they identify sexually as well as gender-wise. And we were wondering if you would do that for us in our audience. Yes. So I was just at queer summer camp last week. Not for myself, but for work. And I... I didn't get that job. <laughs> God damn it. It was in the job. seventh but paragraph I, that I, I just edited down in her yeah. bio. It was in the... It was in the it was it. it was so you were on the west side of Manhattan, and what happened? So, so here's the deal, guys. Like you know, I'm married. I identify as as a as a woman. I'm a cis woman. Pronouns she her, and I'm married to a woman. She's a cis woman. I've always said gay. I hate lesbian. I just hate it. It reminds me of a lizard, and I'm afraid of lizards. That's all I can say about lesbian. I don't like the word. But to be honest, and I just had this conversation with with my wife last last week, saying gay is inaccurate for me. Came out as bisexual when I was 17. Came out as liking girls at 17. Came out as bisexual at 18. I'm talking about to my mother. And then I came out as gay. And my mom, and Liz and I have talked about this. I am pretty feminine, right? People would think I'm femme. Most people wouldn't assume that I'm queer at all. Minus gay the rainbow or embroidered on your jean jacket, but... Okay, and, a vagina a and the vagina cornhole but... behind you, but that's that's fine. Guys, I wore yeah, my rainbow no, jacket. That's very cute. Isn't this cute? Yeah, that's no big deal. Yeah, I wore it. Yeah. Uh, it's from the Old Navy. I <sighs> came out as gay, and I had to like cling. I I felt like no, I'm gay, and I clinged, clung so tightly to that because I got so much pushback from my mom coming out. So much, like, but you've had boyfriends. 
Um, you were in love mm. with guys. You've, you know, uh, daddy and I had a terrible relationship. That's why you're gay. You had a great, or that's why you think you're gay. You were super close with grandma Levy. That's the thing. And I clung so tightly to this gay thing when the truth is I am attracted to men. I've, I, I'm not looking to ever be with one again. You know, I hope to stay married to my wonderful wife, but the truth is I am not like a six on the Kinsey. Okay. I'm not fully gay. And Bisexual doesn't feel right because that to me feels 50-50 and I don't feel 50-50, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking maybe pan. I'm, I'm, I might embrace pan. I'm not sure, but then pan. No, is like, but is maybe you're omnisexual. I'm going to read it to you because we talked about this Wait. with me. <laughs> Omnisexual refers to someone who is romantically, emotionally, or sexually attracted to persons of all genders and orientations. The term is often okay. used interchangeably with pansexual, but, but they say with so omnisexuals that you typically, whether it's sexually or romantically, will prefer one gender. So for me, I'm also married to a woman, That's but I've had, cool. I am definitely bi. I mean, Darren obviously knows me. I mean, I'm like, I just have crushes on everybody, but I'm definitely like sexually attracted to men until I have to like, like fellatio, like, no, thank you. So that's what I feel like. I am sexually attracted when I see men in like boxer briefs in ads. I am completely turned yeah. on. Like when I see like, you know, like oh, a, just print, a print, you know, print, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. the print. I'm like. That is a huge turn on. In real life, I think penises smell Ugh. funny. That's just how I feel about them. <laughs> Can we call no. this episode penises no. smell funny? hundred <laughs> percent. Like I just feel so ill. Liz, you're not thinking big picture here. No, but I mean, okay, I took a <laughs> quiz, one of those online quizzes that was like, here's your sliding scale. It wasn't Kinsey, but it was like, here's your percentages. Yeah. And I ended up being like 87% homosexual. And like 68% heterosexual or something like that. Wait, that and the mean, reason wait. it's like that. Okay. No, it, no, it is. Because if you actually think about it, it's not a hundred percent, right? Because each thing has its own sliding scale oh, okay. of what it is. So your own homosexuality has a sliding scale. Your own heterosexuality has a sliding scale. So for my heterosexuality, I don't really want to have sex with men. But I could see dating see, a guy. I'm the like, opposite. Emotionally I could only guy. have sex and I'm with the them. But I'm just saying it's your own. I, I'm just saying whatever it is, it's your own scale of that thing. I have Does tried. That make sense? Yeah, no, no. It, 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 I, okay. I totally understand. It's like they're mutually exclusive. Exactly. It's not 100%. It's I'm really 80% homosexual of all the homosexual that I could be. If that, you know. Really cool. I'm with Liz, though. Like, yeah. I am, I could be physically attracted to men, at least in my head. Romantically is harder. It, it's happened. It's happened. I've met yeah. some great guys on J-Date back in the day, honestly, and I was smitten. I don't know if I would have stayed smitten, but initially, I might have been mm. smitten with the idea of bringing them to shul. Like I might have been smitten with the idea of having a high holiday with them. I don't know. Are you Jewish, Nikki? I'm a, Just I'm a hundred. <laughs> guys, when I did 23 and Me, it was the most boring. It was a hundred percent. Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi. Yeah, and I, of and course, I really, I, I think that's the same for me. It's like I could have no strings attached yeah. sex with a man. And then I really didn't get romantically yeah. deep with men. It was hard for me. And then with women, you know, it was it was like so much. Uh, it was just much deeper from an emotional connection. So same. Yeah. So maybe 100%. you're on the sex 
always the same. I actually happen to really love that. And I've never heard that. And going back to the camp. I yeah, was can you tell us what was camp. the camp and why and were you there? Yeah. There's an amazing camp uh, I visited because my friend's kid went called uh, Brave Trails. And it's an LGBTQ leadership camp. And they happened to hold a session in Big Bear. And I went. And I, cool. and my, 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 okay. my two friends run it. That's the other piece of it. You know, I haven't been at camp since I was a kid. And it was amazing. And they flew the pan and buy flag. And I stood up and I shared about my own, with these like 12 year olds, I shared about my own sexuality and about having to be like, yeah, I had a fight for an identity because people didn't believe me when, when I actually really sit with it, that isn't really the identity that I am. And that's cool to realize as an adult. What, if I may follow up in just a question, because we've had a couple women specifically on our friend Taylor Strecker, we've brought up before about the word lesbian and that they don't like that word. And I've actually dated a few people that wouldn't say word. Is it just a linguist thing? Like, do you not the way that it comes off the tongue? You just don't like saying it? Or is it like something deeper? I don't like the connotation of it. I think the, I think the connotation is like, I mean, this is terrible to say, but I think lesbian comes with like, a little baggage of like cargo shorts and you don't necessarily like men as people. Like, I feel like it comes with a whole bag of shit that I don't believe in. Mm, and I, I don't can feel. relate to that at times. So I like gay. I just feel like gay also feels like gay feels fun. Lesbian feels severe. <laughs> well, that's what we always talk about. Gay, gay men are fabulous. Right. Lesbians are, can fix things. Right. And I can't like fix that's, things. You know, Nikki, yeah, Nikki right. and I can. See? Neither quickly call yeah. somebody <gasps> yeah see this closet the last time you the first time you guys saw the it closet, wasn't it was i was like gonna this. say you've really upgraded right. no it wasn't i called someone to do well played. this amazing well it's nicely Thank done i mean you. i wouldn't paint a thing anyway either for me i liz i thought where you were kind of going about asking if it was generational i thought kind of the same thing because i do think that that stereotype while exists, feels like of a time of maybe the early 2000s, 90s, 80s, 90s kind of lesbian, whereas like Gen Z now, when they say lesbian, it's, it's like, like TikTok lesbian. Cool. Is that and like, yes. Wait, is it's that like, true? Oh, yeah, like lesbian TikTok is like swaggery and like fucking cool. Like, I have to tell you like both something dope. really quickly. So, I have to admit something wow. to both of you. Just wait. Yeah, I know, Nikki. Wait. I'm, sh okay, I'm shocked. So I know this is Rachel audio. last night, yeah. we were like somehow found ourselves like not inside of lesbian TikTok, but like adjacent. <laughs> I can't believe so you're out of it. Inside yeah. a lesbian. Okay. You found no. yourself inside a lesbian. So yeah, she the black found that is. this lesbian who is a. Here we go. Oh, Fuck, I'm going to fuck this up. But this was mind blowing to me. It was like God damn, this Liz. person Hold used on. they, but also she identifying pronouns in their profile. So if I uh -huh. interchange them, it's them. because I read that they allowed that. They, allow. they are yeah. a stud go-go stripper okay. dancer in Pomona, California. Oh, that's dope. And the wow. TikTok content was bonkers because it was like strippery kind of vibes but the person doing it was like very mask and a stud and a stud. i was like damn the kids are just so fucking flipping all this shit on top of see, me see nikki it's cool it's cool it's 
cool. See, like to be the thing that you got bullied now cool. for when we were kids, yeah. like is dope. So, now. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I think I know why I don't like lesbian. I literally just did, you just did someone call you a lesbian in like middle school yes. and you so were, I'll fuck say Rebecca. her name is Rebecca. Rebecca, yeah, she's a you, no, Rebecca. no, no, she's, she's a nice she person. You. Rebecca called me. Well, she called me in sixth grade and she said, are you a lesbian? Sixth grade. And I was young for sixth grade. So sixth grade, I was, I guess, 12. Did she say it sternly or she, curiously? Like Curiously, because she's she had older siblings. So she was like almost like way more. She was always cooler than everybody because mm, she had two yeah. older siblings. You know what I mean? Like, she, sure. yeah. So she was cool. Sure. So she said, are you a lesbian? And I, of course, I didn't know it, what I was really at 12. But I knew that what she said was bad. And I also knew it had some mm-hmm. truth to it. And I will never forget this, guys. I was on a my tweed couch. This is like, this is, when, when is this? This is like early night, I guess early 90s. Enough to have a tweed couch. Yeah, right. So late 80s, early 90s. And um, I'm sitting there and my heart fell into my vagina. Like it just, whew, and I was like, no. And she's like, oh, because Lisa was wondering. Is Lisa? So like now- Lisa, Lisa's her older sister. No, Lisa's Lisa. another girl in my class. So uh, oh. if I tell you that word landed with such a thud in my stomach that I, you unearthed something, Darren. You just may have unearthed why that word gives me the willies. I've never talked about it, but that's, I, I can relate exactly to what you're feeling oh because in college, when I was kind of exploring, that was my big fear, right? Of like, so, not that I had any problem with gay people, <laughs> literally no problem at all, but not that there's anything wrong with that, as they say. But I always just, I never wanted to be thought of as being a lesbian. That felt so final to me and so real. And like, there was no coming back from it. Like, 100%. You, can't, you, you know, but now I say it and everything time, every time I kind of say it now, deep down, I'm like, yeah, because you know what? Like, I should be proud to be that because that's who I am. I love that. And my, my friend said this to me. She said, lesbian is a noun and gay is an adjective. So it's like, I'm a lesbian, right? Like, oh, like final, that's it. I'm that thing, right? Like I'm new, I'm right. a New Yorker. Like I'm a vegetarian. I'm not a vegetarian, but don't, and then, don't get crazy yeah, now. It's like, I'm gay. <laughs> I, I won't get crazy. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> a vegetarian. Set the record straight here. But like, I'm, I'm gay, but like, I'm short. I'm gay. I'm, you know, right? Like I'm hungry. Like these are fleeting. Th- not that I want to be fleeting in my sexuality, but like just lesbian feels like I'm, oh, I think a noun. Guys, it's noun. It's a noun. Right. You never say I'm a gay. I mean, sometimes I joke. But I'd be like, I'm a lesbian. Right. But sometimes I but do But you'd joke, be like, I'm, like, I'm he's gay. gay. He's a gay. He is a yeah. gay. Yeah. She's a gay. Well, yeah. That, in a joking way, I in would In a say loving that. way. Yes. But you're right. Gay does feel very like, it's a spectrum. Like, it's queer and everything's happy. Whereas lesbians, like, there's no going back. You I just want to be men. happy. You don't like men. You know, can we just be happy? Like, I just, that's why I'm striving for that. I Did you, you ever I'm tell Lisa and Rebecca later on that you were a lesbian? They 100% know that I'm gay because we're friends on Facebook. Did you grow up reform, orthodox, <laughs> I, I grew conservative? up conservative in Queens, New York. Uh, where in Queens? Where in Queens? I grew up in Little Neck. Oh, nice. Okay, My dad grew up in Sunnyside. He did? So he's like, yeah, he grew up in Sunnyside. Okay, so you grew up conservative. So when you were kind of figuring out who and what you are, at least sexually, uh-huh. did you tell your parents? When did you tell your parents? You said 19 so I, you said, or you came out as bisexual? I came out to yeah. my mom as liking girls at 17. 
okay. we were like in the car the summer before college. And I said, mom, I think I like girls. And she's like, no, you don't. You were just really close to grandma Levy and have a bad relationship with daddy. And I'm like, she right. must be right. Like, let me work on this, you know, like, let me unearth this thing. And then I did a lot of, and then I came out as bi, then I came out as gay, but always that nagging feeling of my mother must be right. Mm. I believed that, man, I believed that through my twenties that because this goes back to the first thing. I love when a loop closes. This goes back to the first thing, which is, but I like men like, or I, I, I have, so she's right. But as if everything is so binary and we can't like, it's, it's like, oh, I can't have these amazing crushes on women or want to sleep with them or want to hold them or want to touch them or hold their hand or whatever. And also think a guy is hot as if those two things can't simultaneously Trust me, I mean, you're speaking right? my language. Yeah. I, I'm actually curious. Do you think now that you, you look back on it many years later, obviously yeah. you're an out gay woman. Do you think your mom said that because she was worried about you? Or do you think she said that because of her religion or? No, nothing to do with religion. Everything to do with guilt. She felt like she because fucked the marriage up. didn't work out. Because the marriage was such a mess. Do you and, have siblings, and, Nikki? You know, and I wasn't exactly. I do. I have a brother. He's mm. six years younger. Yeah. And so I think it was like she felt and I and I wasn't hot with the men until I got older, which actually happened after college. But like, you know, so she's like, you've had a lot of rejection. You've this, you've that. And she had all this Jewish guilt. That's the only Jewish part of this equation. But I will tell you when I was, I don't even know, 30 and I broke up with a really amazing woman, 29. I went to my rabbi in L.A. Let me just say this. I am definitely the most observant one in my family or and so I went to my rabbi here in LA and I said, Rabbi Browse, I just want to tell you, like, you know, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend who used to come to the temple with me, not Jewish at all. She was Filipino. And I want to find a nice Jewish man and get married. And she straight up was the, she's so cool. She said to me, are you sure? Or are you just doing this because you think that's what Jewish girls are supposed to do? She flipped it on she you. Flipped. She flipped opposite of what your mom did where it's like you sure you want to be straight how long then (laughs) did you and did you sort of abandon that okay I'm gonna go find a nice Jewish guy and like do the whole thing or did like did it take you a while or were you like yeah you're right that's bullshit my god I want to say I stopped that futile effort when I was like 33 I good age. 33 is a great age. Yeah. Are you 33 there? Yeah. 33 is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I met some lovely men on J date. Lovely. Yeah. And there was like this cute guy in my neighborhood. And I like, you know, I'm telling you, I went through a period where I was very hot, hot with men. Like I lost a bunch of weight. I was in awesome shape. This is between when I moved to LA and in the beginning, moved to LA from New York and a little in New York actually a lot in New York and then LA. Um, and I, yeah. And this guy, like, and he liked me back. And then like, he came to my little studio apartment, right? Like early days in WeHo where I paid $700 for rent. I'll never have that again. And I was like, I don't want to fuck this guy. I should want to, I should want to. He did live in a garage. So that was a, <laughs> that a was slight a strike against him, but he was very handsome. You, unless he was so hot. Yeah. That's, that's not sexy. Right. He did. Yeah. He, the fact that he did not have an end suite bathroom problem, but still the point was, I was like, I don't want to do anything with this guy that like for weeks now I've been like, Oh my God, he's so hot. And now he likes me and the right, like shit or get off the pot. And I remember 
getting on my hands and knees, this does not go in the direction you're thinking, and praying about it and saying, God, I don't know what to do about this. And I'm like giving this over because I have been like struggling and I I truly don't know what to do. And honestly, as I look back now, like I was just having such a limited view of what sexuality could look like. And I think it was a different time. At that point with that guy, when you're like in the garage or whatever, had you been (laughs) with women? Oh my God, absolutely. woman that she broke up with. Yeah. Oh, she was great. She was such a good person. So there was really no embarrassment on your end about being out and about. There was no embarrassment, but it was this feeling of, I think I know what's best for me and it's to be with guys. And which really, which really means you, your mother knows what's best for you and you're just trying to make her happy. Yes. So entire projection off of that. Yes. Dr. Darren, a hundred. Yes. Well, I mean, that's what therapy is, right? I mean, that's why, I mean, okay. You started this show and I'm curious for you, how much of that show was really started? You know, things, it's basically about things you don't want to tell your mother. So what's one thing that you don't want your mother to know. And then is that why you started the show? Cause she kind of spiraled you into your questioning of your sexuality in a lot of ways. When I did don't tell my mother initially, it was live here in LA and, and we did it in right. New York and Chicago and God, I miss live theater. Right. Shit. I miss it. And I don't feel safe to do it by the way. I don't feel safe to do it. Let me just say that. I did it because my mother guilted me and I had to tell her everything. And my mother is a wonderful, wonderful woman with absolutely no boundaries nothing Mm. no boundaries any boundaries I've learned any boundaries I have I've learned like literally learned like learned and I had to tell her everything and then I realized oh my god like that's the minority of people most people don't tell their mothers shit and that's like the good stuff so I had told my mother the first time I had sex I told my mother the first time I smoked I told my mother I mean everything everything and at this point, I don't know what I haven't told her. I had a crazy threesome in Portland, but someone brought that up at my engagement party dinner. So I I don't know what I haven't told her. You know what I didn't tell uh, her? I didn't wow. tell her when Scarlett and I eloped. We eloped and we told nobody. Oh. So before we got how lo- really married, how- six months before we eloped. And then Scarlett, wow. when we were signing the ketubah, which everyone, that's the Jewish marriage contract. Mm-hmm afterwards and just the family right is there and scarlet's like it's so funny guys just so you know we actually got married six months ago and i'm like no and my mom is like what i'm like oh shit like she's like why who cares and scarlet's mom didn't give a shit and my mother was like you didn't tell me and you kept this from me and that is the, the complete way my family has lived and so i love the idea that most people the stories they don't tell their mom or don't tell their boss right i mean truly are like, are the good, right. that's the good stuff. And so I started it, honestly, I started it because I was, I, I missed performing. I missed writing. I missed performing. I was working with these like amazing writers developing movies and TV. And I was like, oh my God, uh, let me start something so I can make myself write again and perform again. And I come from theater and I missed theater. Anyone who's done like the artist way, I was like a shadow artist, right? Like I was helping other people tell their stories, but I wasn't telling my story right. and it was making me crazy. That's hard. And so did the first show and realized writers are absolutely the worst performers on the planet. Like, the, like they could rescue kittens from a burning building and you want to tweeze your pubes out one by fucking one. And I was like, this is not the way to go. And so it should be amazing, like just fabulous, like people that I think are great comedians and actors. And it started out with people you would never know, like literally just people that are, I thought really talented. 
but they're not known. They're not famous. And then right. I think it was Mary Birdsong from Reno 911 was the first like celebrity person. She was a friend and did it. And then it was like, oh shit, this is like, this is even cooler. I love actors and comedians in a way that I can't even explain. Like I have immense respect and like, I just, I love them and I get them. Writers, I just, yeah. I just not, not as, Definitely I just darker. not usually a little darker. Right. And I like the performative aspect. And I love that. And I love that an actor or a comedian, they could take a simple story and make it fabulous because they can perform it. And the way I have done every single show, every single show since we started like a decade ago is like, is like, I work with everybody on their stories. Like I work with my screenwriters, watch the, watch the acts, watch the three act structure, right? Like, what do you want? How do you get it? Or how do you not get it and get the thing that you actually needed, but didn't know you needed and have the proper 100. build. By the way, you did pinpoint the exact difference for me between Catholic mothers and Jewish mothers. It's like Catholic mothers, you're supposed to be like modest. You don't <laughs> tell them anything. Like, I don't want to know. Doors have to be open. Jewish mothers are like, what did your poop look like yes. this morning? What Eat. are you eating? Who are you True. going out with? Like, Jewish mothers are notorious for like, share everything with me. Come sleep in my bed Valid. until you're 21. Fully. Thing. That's always, whereas Catholic mothers are like, no, go do your thing. We're modest. A question that I had for you is because you yes, obviously have this illustrious career of producing and and coming, oh, you know, but truly, really, truly, you know, and you talk about working with writers and screenplay yeah. writers, you know, I mean, you're really like in it. Yeah. Have you and you've had all yeah. these super famous people both on your podcast now and then on the live show perform when working with them, has yeah. there any, can you share if you've ever had any kind of surprising situations where you had to push back on some, one of the talent and be like, you can't say that, or I don't think this is going to work, or. Mm. So it's interesting because for the podcast, which is essentially the same as the live show, except now we get to call people's moms because it's all remote anyway. I still, even though ever want to know the full story I still always do a pre-call with people so I know so I help them figure out what the story is I'll never push back on something because I think it's too scandalous but like my number 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 one thing and I, I can think I try to think of specifics but my number one thing is I don't want to make that person right look bad so sure. like for real though because like to me it's like especially when you're dealing with people that are known and people who have big careers the idea is that I, you tell me 100% of the thing, if you're comfortable, but probably 20% of that story ends up on the stage or ends up on the podcast. Because number one, I have to protect the talent because it shouldn't feel like a diary and like this expose. I actually think it's kind of gross. And that to me is like the opposite of what I want to do. I, the opposite is to be exploitative. It's to be like, hey, how do I own my story? And feel good about my shit and then help other people feel good about their shit. There was a, there was a story on the podcast um, uh, this guy told about like hooking up with his teacher. Now he was out of school, so it wasn't illegal, right? But like still, like mm -hmm. it was his teacher, right? And he was, he was not an adult when it happened. I mean, he was over 18. But, and like, I'm like, okay, don't say the name of the teacher. Don't right. even say the subject. Like that's really I'm like, so really you're definitely going to cut out everything I said on your podcast, correct? <laughs> no, definitely I feel like not. I'm, I'm like, good on mine, uh, but like, yeah. 
you're not ruining the integrity of the story. You know what I mean? It's just protecting their reputation from specifics. Yeah, because, so here's the deal. Someone early on, a celebrity, did the podcast, right? We recorded it. We cut it. They shared a story that they had never, ever shared, ever, ever, ever. And it was a, and I can't say what it is because I have to keep their, you know, that's the other thing about this job. Like, I really have to keep a lot of secrets inside, you know? And so like, because I want people to come back and feel safe. So they told a story that would have gotten them a lot of shit. And I was uncomfortable about it, but they really wanted to tell it. I was like, okay. And I sent them the cut and they're like, I really can't do this. I'm afraid of the backlash I'm going to get. It was a woman. So, you know, women and their bodies and their sexuality are like always up for target practice. And we recorded a whole new thing. We just completely shelved the episode. It's like your shit is out there when you do anything anymore. Yep. I'll tell you, Emily Hampshire did our pilot and that was amazing. She's, she's on, she plays Stevie Budd on Schitt's Creek, right? She did the first ever podcast episode and she told this great story of, you know, getting this kind of like, you know, quasi erotic massage, like ish. And, you know, it was, it was not even sexual, but there was the thing of like, we have to make sure even in the title, we don't make it seem like it's something that it isn't like I do feel like people that like live out loud, like, you know, with Emily, like we had to take care to make sure, okay, is this being said in the way that is true? And also like, are we saying anything that's going to make anyone look, look bad because the story is actually super empowering and wonderful and changed the course of her life. It's like the reason she got Schitt's Creek is because she did this crazy eight hour Mongolian massage, which wasn't sexual, but like, you know, with like, you know, it had like a spiritual component and she was you'll you'll hear it on the episode she was like naked for eight hours and how do we tell a story about something that's vulnerable which by the way those are the only interesting stories to hear are the ones that are really vulnerable absolutely how does someone get vulnerable but still own their power Zainab Johnson I know do you know Uh, that Zainab Zainab and I did a short film or no a full-length feature film in Oakland nine years ago ten years ago together I love Zainab Okay, I love Zainab too. And so Zainab was like the second episode. Okay, and I love this woman so much. And I, we just knew each other socially. She told a story and she and I talked about it where she got crabs from a high school boyfriend. Back Ooh. when she wasn't supposed to be having sex, Zainab comes from a very strict Muslim family in New York City. And now Zainab is an example of someone who can make anything funny. So if she tells a story about, you know, the, fir- the first, you know, person she was with giving her crabs, you know, it's going to be funny. But we had to be careful not to, like call out course, who this yeah. person was, right? Like we had to, because it's Zainab's story. It doesn't matter if the guy's name is Herbert, you know, Jack or, you know, Kale, it doesn't matter. But it's like, we focus on the person telling it. That is one of my favorite episodes because we got her mom on the phone from Michigan. Her mother is the best. And her mother had no idea she was sleeping with this guy. No idea. So when Zainab said, mom, I have lice, I have to go to the doctor. Her mom was like, I thought you had lice. She's like, no, mom, I had lice somewhere else. So, but that's the thing. It's like, it's our story. It's our fucking story. So like, if we're in a place where it's therapy, we are not ready to share that shit out loud. Yeah. We're not. Fair. Yeah. We're not. Then share it to your therapist, write about it, talk about it in your 12-step meetings. But don't go on a podcast. And that is what I feel protective of. 
I want to always make sure like my, my guest, my talent is in the driver's seat. No, and that's smart. And, and then you get the guests that will like, won't tell, won't be honest with their doctors, but would tell a stranger, you know, how, how heavy their flow is. Like you Thank get the you. opposite too, where you're like, all right, you shared a little too much. Uh, did you ever, did yeah. you ever share too much with someone on a plane a that you don't times. know? I've totally done that. All the time. A million times. I think so. I don't feel like I'm an oversharer, but I, I notice oversharing a lot. Things with like, strangers. Oh, love it. It's so funny. You know what I love is a really good um, sob on a plane. Alone. Alone or with somebody. And Who just are you cry- two? Oh my God. Alone. I'm hopping with people on. I don't know. I don't know you how never, safe that would make you me feel get, on a plane. Just you looking don't at like a group of people on the sobbing. Sometimes. You're in a mask now. It's okay. You don't yeah, I guess like, that's true. Never what like you been that? on the plane and just had like a very sad. Whether you're sad to leave or sad to go or oh my I god, have. me too. I'm very sensitive. Oh my god, a yes. good cry. A Every good time cry I leave my girlfriend, I get sad. I I'm very sensitive. I start thinking of a lot of what things. What sign on are you, Nikki? A lot. Libra. Really? You. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you surprised I'm a Libra? Why? Because I'm imbalanced. <laughs> I don't know. September. So your birthday's in October. Wait, I want to. Yeah, it's oh, October. 10, 10 October. Wait, why am I? Oh, that's me? my ex-girlfriend. Libras uh, are nuts. Uh, I I didn't 10, clock 10. you for a Libra. <gasps> I would have thought you were like a Cancer, like me, what? very emotional. So emotional. What does that mean? Mm. What is that? Oh, I'm very I'm very emotional. But um, no, I'm a Libra. But I should have been oh, a Scorpio. Okay, I'm early. I was a preemie. Oh, all right, interesting. Well. Nikki, we it's not called scissor me this today. Like yeah, I know. I I I'm introducing it as it's not a scissor me this. What we normally play with is rapid fire. This game is brought to you by the one and only Liz Cully, and it's not called scissor me this. It's called who dis. Now don't worry, thank because you. if you don't know the I'm answer, we're gonna tell you I'm who so it is it. anyway. It's fine. Um, and just so you know, okay. Cameron Esposito failed miserably at this game. So, and she's yeah. so and gay. she's like, you know, she knows shit. Right. And she's so she's gay, great. She she's did the live show okay. too. Of course she Long did. Long time ago. Of course I love she her. did. Okay, she's wait. amazing. So actually, okay. who the You're hell right. is so this? We've we've got someone on the just, screen just now. Hold on. <sighs> so welcome to uh Okay, you're going yeah. to is a fun That's game what I'm where you get to yeah. identify queer icons. So right now we've got a young gentleman um up on the screen. Who is Nikki? You have to know who this is. Nikki, you have to know I mean, who this is. is. I'm only guessing this is the background. Is, is it Keith, Keith Haring? Haring? Yes. Okay. okay. I actually did not know Keith Haring was blonde and balding, but I now I know. Keith Haring was an American artist whose pop art emerged from the New York graffiti subculture of the 1980s. In fact, you can still see some Keith Haring around New York City now. His animated imagery has become a widely recognized visual language, but much of his work includes sexual illusions that turned into social activism by using the images to advocate for safe sex and AIDS awareness. So he has a lot of those like jumpy looking people. If you ever see one of those jumpy looking people and they have an X across their head, that means they have AIDS actually. That was what it was supposed to represent. I used to go to his, he used to have... um... I think after his death, he there was an amazing like gallery in New York City. I'm sure Keith Haring gal- Gallery. You could see all of his oh, work. It was so cool. We're big fans over here. Yeah, yeah. We have a couple of lithographs. Really? Big, big okay. Next one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. That is. Uh, oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, Jesus. That is, Stormy. is that Stormy? I know you have That's it. Stormy. Yes. 
Delivery. Stormy. Is what yes, it is. thank you. Delivery. A biracial butch lesbian uh, was born in New Orleans, Louisiana in 1920 and is said to have thrown the first punch at Stonewall. She was a drag king, an activist, and obviously a queer icon. What is the big the big lesbian bar in New Cubby York Hole. City? What's it called? Cubbyhole? Cubbyhole, Henrietta Hudson. Okay, I think it's the woman who owns Henrietta Hudson is actually like, was the kind of, I want to say like her Lisa? guardian, like her helper. Lisa, I don't know, wasn't but she the Lisa help? and wasn't I have been, like the... we've been talking really? a lot we recently. We got to talk to Lisa um, about that. we were supposed to throw a party with her, but you know, good old Delta variant and really fucking shit up. Okay, who is this person yeah. on the screen? Share, share. Yes. I mean, come on. I, I'm not even reading read the goddess way. of pop. All right, fine. Yeah, because it's the goddess of pop. Who is this surgery person? In that image? Oh, boy, George, okay. I'm starting to I feel to smart. some easy ones. As you should. Do you know Boy George's full name? No, but he does. He is the voice for my ways. That's amazing. <laughs> and it is George Allen O'Dowd um, for anyone out there. Wait, I have to just do this. Wait, wait, can I just do this for you? Because it's so good. Yes, it's I so good. It. He's literally the voice. Listen. A cup of tea is a great excuse to talk. So is a drive, which is why I think driving and tea go together brilliantly. Speaking of which, let's brew. In a quarter of a mile, turn left. He's my way. That's amazing. All right, you gotta get you gotta get these last two, Nikki. Uh, Lil Nas, who I love, and I have way more respect for now that I know he's an artist and not just like kind of a one-hit wonder, which is what I thought he was. Yeah, Lil Nas X. He's also kind of an like maybe not self-proclaimed, but is an activist in a weird way, just because he's he's killing it. He's killing it. Okay, and last but certainly not. Also, someone who's like a queer icon that I think we all can agree we wish was openly queer, and that is. Oh, correct. I don't know who what? 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 You don't know who Pink is. That doesn't look pink. like Pink. That's Pink. That looks like that looks like that woman that um someone dated for off the L word. She looks like a short sort of round. This does not look like Pink at all. Her hair is well, not even her pink. Her hair is not pink anymore. It was pink for one okay, album. Well, it doesn't look like. <laughs> Nikki. I swear to God, that's wow. not what Pink looks like. Wow. 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 I thought that and was like wow. literally this the is easiest just, one. I don't want to tell my mother that you don't know. No, I love it. Really no really wonder she doesn't like call herself a lesbian. She doesn't know Oof. who Pink is. Yeah, wow. I don't know, Nikki. Okay. Um, but thank you for playing who dis and allowing to be, yes, you've suffered through the embarrassment of us shaming you, uh, as it should be. I love that you were like, well, she doesn't have pink hair. She doesn't it's look like, like it's pink. pink. Like the Keith Haring, it's like, okay. Also, but like, I knew can I just say that I too easy a toss up. Keith Haring with nothing but Keith Haring, like he's behind, like in front of a mural. Yeah, right. Anyway. Like if she didn't get, right. What? I knew Keith Haring. Though. Well, Nikki. Thank you so much for coming on Sistering Isn't a Thing. Thank, thank you for, for having, having us, us on your thank podcast. Thank you for having us, me and my water bottle. Yes, you and your water bottle. Where can people download your show, possibly get tickets to the live uh, show when the Delta variant so is done? So Don't Tell My Mother with Nikki Levy is a podcast on all platforms. Go to Apple, go to Spotify. There's tons of great episodes out and really, really fun, com- fun ones coming down the pike. And in terms of live events, go to don'ttellmymother.com and we'll post new things and follow me on Instagram at don'ttellmymother and at Nikki Levy. 
And I'll keep you all updated. I just started talking about my fertility journey, literally in today's episode, oh. today's episode of Don't Tell My Mother. So I will be talking about that on Instagram and on I love podcast. it. I'm going to get pregnant. I will definitely listen to that as I'm interested in that. Well, Liz, you can where can people find, find us? at S-I-A-T podcast on all platforms, including TikTok, which is terrifying. You can follow Darren at Carpe Darren <laughs> on all platforms. And you can follow me oh, at Listen to does. Liz on all platforms while I only talk to my therapist about fertility because I'm terrified of getting pregnant. But I know that I want to have a kid. So we can talk about that later. Nikki Levy, I will be listening to Don't Tell My Mother. I I love you guys. And I'm so excited for your episode to come out. It was so just so much, I'm so much fun I'm having you. I'll, and my mother, my mother makes an appearance. Catholic mother. I can't with her. Yes, well, engineering mother. She's secular, but she's she grew up Catholic. You're so she secular. Knows, she knows about secular that upstate New York mother. And Liz, yes. your your mother Boom. with the what brick time factory. is it on the East Coast? Old bullion somewhere from the seven. She's knee deep in a martini Lord. right now, and who knows? <laughs> watching watching Fox <laughs> News. She's a Marthrini. She's yeah. a she's no. a Marthrini right now. That's what she is. I want to be a Marthrini. Um, I love you guys so much. I really am so glad we got to hang out. Thank you so much, Nikki. We love you. Thank you. Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.